I'm Jenny Walk from Elephant in the Room Consulting, and I'm so excited to be here on my favorite day of the week. I missed last week, sad face, um, but I'm here with Kylie Mowbray Allen from Hello Media, our digital BFF, and so excited to be talking to you today. How are you? Great, Jenny. Thank you very much. I had um, a rather large night in hospital with my daughter. I got home around two this morning, so I'm feeling extra special with my 6 a.m. start. Yes. <laughs> I've had a very, very big week. But, you know, it's business. That's life. That's the juggle. It is. I know, isn't it, though? And we kind of have that whole conversation, well, how do we actually make this work? What does that look like? And, you know, that's business is messy. And sometimes we just need to do that and get over it and, like, move on. (laughs) It sure is. How are you today, Jenny? I am really good. I went to Mackay yesterday for the day with a client of mine, a colleague, to have a chat to some businesses found some beautiful artwork, um, had a really great day. But it's been a very busy week, though. We've got lots of lots of things happening at the moment in the business. So exciting week for me. Spring, that's the thing, you know. It's that new beginnings, amping, ramping, amping, whatever things up and <laughs> exciting time, I think. We talked about that a few weeks ago about a lot of people feel like this is the time of year where we're kind of winding down, getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, but, but- we're the opposite. Let's. Let's boost it up. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really, it's a funny thing. I think the business these days has changed so much that we're no longer doing that kind of end of the year, chill out, take a long break over holiday because not everyone else is either. Like gone are the days when businesses shut down for two or three weeks over Christmas, gave their all their employees the time off to, you know, spend time with their family and that's changed. So now we want to, we, we always want to be on and businesses are sort of saying to their staff, you've got to be here too. So therefore we have to be here to support them. It's interesting, isn't it? So growing up in New Zealand, um, we had a beach house or they're called batches over there. We had a batch on the Coromandel at this beautiful spot called Hahe. And my dad would take a month off every Christmas. Mm. And we never really, that was just all I knew. And that's what we would do. And it was yeah. amazing. He had a film production business. It would just close. But do you know what? Everybody else did. They're like, Auckland is, was always just like a ghost town over the summer holidays because everyone would go off to batches or camping or whatever. Yeah. Yet, since I've been living in Australia, so 20 many, 20 minis, a I don't while. know, a while. or something years, um, Actually, it's very, even even between Christmas and New Year's, people are still going for it. So I've always been really surprised that difference and that stop, everyone take five or take a month and just just chill. And, yeah, it's it's definitely very different. And I miss I learned, it, I have to say. I, miss oh, it. I do too. I learned, I learned it when I went overseas years ago, my very first trip. I was always told, don't go over, don't go to Italy end of July, August. So mid-July is when all the big sales happen in like France and and, and Italy, and you can buy amazing sales over there, get amazing sales over there. But then to, in, in August, all of Italy pretty much goes on holiday. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody turns up in, in to do, you know, there's the kind of basic stuff, but, you know, very boutique and family-owned stuff. They all go on holiday and they do that. They take a week. And my client in New York does the same thing. She was like, oh, we're we going... We're going to the Hamptons for the summer. And I was like, isn't that just a movie thing? And it's yeah. no, they like they literally go down to the Hamptons like every weekend or stay for like three or four weeks because they uh, have that kind of separation and want to get away from it. Yeah. So we can learn something from what other people do, I think, overseas around Christmas. We tend to just keep, yes, yeah, they keep working and we don't get that break. We don't get that, you know, respite. I take the break just between Christmas and New Year's. I feel really good about that little spot and I just, you know, and we don't go away or anything and we actually kind of hibernate because Byron is just 
usually chocolate <laughs> it's actually just a really nice time to regroup as a family and yeah. you know just catch up with friends and and do some more gentle things but it'll be interesting this year to see where things are at I think it's extremely hard for anyone to plan anything at the moment oh I agree well, I mean we're trying we're trying to work out whether we're going to the grand final on Sunday let alone whether or not I can see my mother at Christmas and it's yeah. really kind of crazy because that border bubble that used to be open they won't even open that for anything other than you know really essential services so you know mum and I are talking about are we having Christmas are we not having Christmas what's that going to look like which is a big change for and you know for so many other families and that live in this kind of region at the moment absolutely and I heard I actually haven't seen it myself on the news or anything but someone in my group coaching yesterday said that the Argentinian rugby team had come down to Byron Bay for the day and then they got <laughs> being able to go back into Queensland so there might not be a game <laughs> That's, isn't that ridiculous like that it's why should they get to go back because none of us are allowed to yeah, so. that's right. and they shouldn't be and that's the thing isn't it and, and it, when they do because you know, let's face it they'll find a way to make it happen it'll actually become a big thing of why did you allow that when I can't visit my mum when you can't visit your family and and so it's yeah it's a bit it's all a bit kind of crazy at the moment and I think we're all trying to navigate it and we just have to keep on keeping on right and keep positive, you know, that's what we've got to do is just keep positive, keep trying to find the funny things in it. And I know, you know, well, control. like we were talking in our CEO chat this morning, you've, you've, you've gone viral with your gif of you're on mute, which has become the, the thing that everybody kind of says now. It's the, it's the catch cry of 2020 and 21 is you're on mute. And the fact that you now have a gif that's gone viral around that, that is epic. Like that's a change in the way we do business, isn't it? I'll, I'll tell everyone what, what's happened with that. It's been a very amusing thing. So um, Honey and I, or one of my team members, the beautiful Honey, we've been having to play around with the Giphy um, platform and my gifts up to, I checked it last week and it was about 200,000 views. It's Today crazy. it's 315,000 views. I can't believe that. I'm just I'm just looking at on the, the picture that you sent me. It's so funny. Like... <laughs> <laughs> not only learn how to do giffies today because I've actually realized that I didn't have the giffy keyboard but the fact that now if I type you're on mute you're going to come up is just going to blow my mind every time like seriously <laughs> and if so you've got the giffy keyboard have... hashtag hello media or hello space media and you'll see all of Kylie's amazing gifs and bit and emojis brilliant so, guys what you need to do is go to settings on your keyboard then go to general, then choose keyboards and add in the Giphy keyboard. And then you can send Giphy's to everybody all the time, not just my one that says you're on mute. Or <laughs> <laughs> but then I was showing Jenny earlier that I even have put on um, one of my Giphy, Giphy's on my email signature. So um, that was kind of cute. It's just me waving and going, hello. hello. <laughs> I and love it. What made me laugh is that Honey made that one on the day that I'd been at the hairdressers and my hair was looking at jushiest. So I was really, I'm really loving that. <laughs> Perfect. I know. Really I feel like Macy and I might be, need to be making giffies, but I don't like, you know, that's going to freak me out a little bit. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Mine will be so, like this. Be like, yeah. <laughs> The unexcited one, I'll be like the new big Kev, right? He's just grabbed them from the videos, from the Zoom recordings. I know, but that's still yeah. terrifying for me. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, it's my challenge to you and Macy. This Go on, Macy, Macy, don't listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenny, let's talk about our topic this week because I'm super pumped. Yeah, and me so too. 
topic that you've been talking about a lot, I know. It is. I really want to hear your thoughts on it and share about origin stories. Origin stories. I love origin stories. And yes, we spent the last month with my, with our coaching, sorry, content collective group coaching, um, try and say that fast, um, talking about origin stories and why they're important and how we actually build them from just being kind of a narrative that is very much about us into something that connects with our audience and our, and our clients and the people that we work with. And so for me, I think about the origin story in a number of ways. Um, there's lots of different origin stories and there's lots of different origins that we can point points in time. So there's that very first one. So what's the spark that led you to start the company or start a program or a particular piece? So when did that inspiration strike? What was the moment that you realized that you had a solution to the problem that you wanted to solve? And so that's where origin stories become really interesting because normally they've been talking around that hero's journey, right? It's that kind of what's my hero's journey? And if you've ever seen that Nancy Duart's work on Resonate, she talks a lot around developing this hero's journey and it creates that kind of what, what, where were you at the start and then what happened and then you kind of drop down and something bad happens and then you rise above it and you create magnificentness and, and then something else happens. And so there's this kind of story that creates this journey for us. But that's only one of our origin stories and that's the thing that makes it really interesting. We could have a whole origin story about how we decided to do bite-sized conversations. We can have a whole origin story about how why I decided to do the Messy Middle Coaching or the Content Collective or the Business Owner Mastermind or for you to develop your programs. But people only think of origin stories as that first one, whereas I think of origin stories as evolving with us as our business evolves. So we want to kind of keep looking at our origin story and say, what's relevant now to our clients? What's relevant to the audience? Does it matter in 20 years' time, will it matter that I started this business because I had a bad experience and decided what am I going to do? It probably won't because I will no longer resonate with that identity that I had then. But then the piece about being in Barcelona and having the idea at the Hydac Cafe on a Friday night is critical because for me and for my audience and the people I connect with, that sort of shows who I am. I coach over red wine if somebody wants me to. We'll sit at a, you know, a, a favorite cafe of a client and have a glass of rosé and talk about their business. So it doesn't have to be traditional coaching. It doesn't have to be traditional stories. So I get really excited clearly around origin stories because it allows us to share with our clients our intention about where we were and where we are and also our intention and how that shows up for them. That's a beautiful way of describing it. I really like that. So our intention behind it, that's, that's yeah. fantastic. And I completely agree with you that origin stories are actually, there's many, many, many times that something is an origin story and where it's the beginning of the next stage. So you're right, yeah. so because this is the origin story of, of our next thing. So like bike size, like Giffy's, like all those things, they're all or origin stories. Yeah. So What's your top tips, Jenny, then on how people can start working on their origin story of, for example, the beginning of their business and how to how to share that? It's a really great question. And so I do it in a number of ways and there's kind of two stages to it. So the first stage for me is going, sitting down and going, well, what were, what were the key words and how did you feel? So think about where you were at the particular moment that created the situation you're in or the environment you're in. So I call that the spark. And I, I start by thinking about it, not in a written word, not trying to create a story so that it, it's language beautifully and it's written out really well. It's more about saying, well, what happened? So I start writing in big chunks. So the starter for us is to do big chunks. So we say, this happened first. And then I did something. 
and then I did something else. And you'd literally just answer the questions and then I did and then I thought or then I felt and then you focus it on what are those big chunks of stuff. So you could talk about your life in five or ten big chunks. For me, you know, primary school, mili- um, martial arts, Air Force, major events, sales manager, elephant in the room. So I can do big chunks to start with. And then I go, well, which of those big chunks are important? Which ones are actually, were actually pivotal moments in my life that actually led me to where I am today? So then I take out the stuff that I, that's not relevant to people and I bring and I leave the stuff in that I think is going to resonate. And so that's when I start to unpack those and say, well, what, what happened and what was the piece around that that is actually interesting for me? And this is the kicker. For people's origin stories, it's always about them, how amazing they are and the journey they've been on. No one cares. No one actually cares. What we care about is what that means for you what that means for our clients and how does that show up for them. So for me, this challenge of going in, when I talk about going to Barcelona, that resonates with my clients by saying your inspiration will come in ways that you may not expect it, don't plan for it, but when it comes, take the opportunity to do that. So what I do is I provide a space for people to create opportunity because I recognise it comes anywhere. And so my origin story links directly to how I coach and that's why it's relevant as opposed to just being a narrative of my life. That makes nice. sense. <laughs> really, really nice. And it does. And then I, I'm loving that. I'm really, really loving that because I do, I do it in a slightly different way, but I'm feeling like I could try out the end then I, cause that's fun. So coming from a journalistic background, everything for me is the why, when, what, how, yeah. where, and who. And so for me, every single blog I ever write, every single, any content I write generally, or not not just a short caption, but if I'm actually trying to nut out, you know, a bigger yeah. caption or something, I always just write down my five W's and my um, H, five H's. I'm, as I said, I'm very brain dead, so it's actually probably the other way around. Anyway, so, but you know what I mean? Yes. Well, you know it is the five W's. Yes. Anyway, and so that's how I start mine. But I'm really liking that, and then I, and then I, because it's it's obviously just another way of, of coming up with getting your brain thinking and yeah. getting those prompted questions, which is yeah. awesome. And what I like about it is for them, from this uh, from these conversations, from my origin story, that's that kind of, you know, head and heart piece. It's when I start to, rather than asking, well, what happened, I go into my thinking brain, right? But if I say, and then I, it actually creates, for me, it creates space around, well, then what happened? Well, I'm not thinking about wanting to structure it. I'm actually just allowing the memory to flow because often if we're trying to put it into a box of is it who, what, when, why, how, we we get stuck in that space and we miss the little kind of nuances around and that's the stuff that's actually gold. It's not the, the, the strict narrative. And, yes, from a journalistic perspective, they're so important questions. But when I'm trying to share who I am, and this is where, where the origin story for, becomes important for clients and for the people we work with, is that it, we have to translate it from us to them. And so it's, uh, it's having that conversation, well, what does, it, what, what, is the, what does it matter that I was in the military for people? Does it, do I need? And I didn't used to share that a lot, but a lot of people have said, oh, I didn't know that. Now it makes sense. And I was like, oh, okay, because I, I had a level of structure and a level of process and a level of um, the way things were done, if you like. And so from that as my basis, I also learned there's another way of being. There's another way of doing things. And so I, need to ha- I needed to have that structure and tell people about that structure for me to realize 
realize I released it 20 years later and now I have a bit of both, but I don't necessarily live in this kind of has to be regimental structured space. But if I try to explain that without the military context, people go, isn't that just how people work? Yeah. <laughs> and like the answer is generally no. But um, yeah, so for, it's about that translation. So when you think about then I, and then I say, well, what does it matter? Or you answer the question, well, so what? Well, you said this, so what? Who cares? What does it matter? How does it link to how you're showing up today? How does it link for the products and services that you're offering? So for the programs that you do, you know, get having masterclass workshops allows people to get really intense action and really great information compressed into a space because, you know, taking action is what actually grows your business. You know that. So if you were talking about why did I develop a masterclass, it's that you going, well, I realized I learned this over 20 years and it was lots of ups and downs and steps to do that. But I also know if we can press that into a short period of time, you get the skill, you get the action and you build the habit almost immediately. So you only do the work. And I know I can. So you can use that as a way of deciding why masterclasses are really important. So mm -hmm. it, it gives you language to talk about what you do, how you do it, why you do it. But from a, um, a historical and heart-centered space, from, from in, my, in my words, that actually resonates with people. Yeah, I love that so much. I just think that's awesome. And even as you were talking about what I do, I'm like, oh, yeah, good spin on that. <laughs> that's great. I am the ultimate spin doctor, right? That's what I'm <laughs> no, that's very good. And so, Jenny, what about when you're going to your next stage? So, for example, for you, Barcelona, that's such a beautiful story. I love it. But for you evolving that yeah. story, what's the, what's the next bit for you then? How are you working on the next stage of that? That's a great question. And, 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 the, and the key point of that is because at each stage you're connecting with different audiences, aren't you? So my origin story relate, resonates really strongly with people who are in that position and feeling like they want to start a business but don't know how. But as I've moved and I've evolved into a lot more corporate clients and I do a lot more strategic planning workshops and that type of, type of focus with team building, I'm developing lots of um, core principles around teams and around team culture. And it's a space that I absolutely love to play. So my evolution for that is when I actually started to realise that I needed to ground myself in some core principles and understand how they're showing up in my business. How do I get consistency? And consistency comes with very core principles or what you stand for, whatever word you want to use. And so by understanding for myself what my core principles were, it means that anything that I produce has to be grounded in that area. Does it fit this kind of criteria of how I want to work? And by doing that myself, I actually recognized that I could actually create a formula and a model to share that with teams and organizations and individuals to create their core principles that allow them to actually then build their foundations to grow their business. Mm. So that's my next stage, moving away from the, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, to actually, I, I, I'm now I've got the experience and understanding and I can actually lead you on that path. Yeah, it's fascinating. I love that because I think the I didn't know what I was doing thing is actually such an integral part. Important part. <laughs> Very important part. And, and it's definitely part of your story. So maybe keeping that in there in the about section, you know, yeah. of your website or whatever. But then when, you, when you're sharing the, the story, it evolving to me seems so important to, to know where that Jenny is. Like, yeah. mine started with social media management on a digital sense. Like, yes, I had, you know, TV production business and marketing business and da-da-da-da. But in terms of social media, it was doing social media for other businesses and doing it for my e-commerce business. 
then evolving to that to check out teaching other people to do it and you know grow their own businesses by getting better and better at it and then moving into more of a coaching role with it etc so yeah the the evolving story and the ability to reframe how you share it is so important yeah, and we don't often think about it. Like if you look, I've looked at so many people's websites and I look at their About Us page or their their Who Are We page and it's written from somebody and I look at the person now and I go, that is not you anymore. Like this is, yes, I totally see that it's you, but that's the old version of you. And we have to recognise that as we evolve, our clients will evolve and they want to see us evolving too. They don't want you to see the same person every day. It's why you, you know, it's the same reason why talk show hosts at some point, you know, stop becoming relevant and they have to go find a new one to do the same, exactly the same information, exactly the same time slot, exactly the same format, but it's a different version of of that old person because that format no longer resonates with the society or the community that they're talking to. So they have to move on to someone else. Same with journalism, same with everything that we do. But we don't, we forget that we have to carry that story across, that we have to evolve. Because if we're not evolving, we're literally saying, well, it's, well, one thing that's suggesting that you, everything you have is perfect and it doesn't need evolving. And that never happens because perfection lasts for about that much. And then it's wrong, it's changed because the world's changed around you. But also, it suggests that you can't learn or grow. And you want to be able to show growth. And I think, at least my clients and I, I'm pretty sure with your clients too, they want to see us evolving and growing and learning because by doing that, we want to share that back. That's that's core principles for us, right, is is sharing knowledge, sharing. I call it wisdom. We, you might call it something else, but for me, it's wisdom. I, wisdom is a core principle for me, not because I want to be the smartest person in the room, but because by having a core principle of wisdom, it shows up for people of sharing knowledge and I'm always learning so I can increase my knowledge of my clients. So having that balance and having that choice between, well, what, why is that important? Well, it's because I've been in organisations where knowledge was really held tightly, where organisations didn't like to share information because you couldn't have all the information because that would make you too powerful. But now yeah. knowledge is power. So we want to we empower everybody, don't we? So we want to tell them everything. And then they can go and do it. They have the choice then to go and do it. Absolutely. I love that. So do you feel like your origin story, once you've been working on it and creating it and getting comfortable with it, that that then can be translated into your About Us page, for example? So that, that, and then how would you recommend then that we keep evolving the About Us page? Because definitely it's a tricky one for me. And I'll tell you an interesting thing that happened is that probably my about us page is the hardest thing I've ever had to write on my own page but funny enough when I was just doing writing content for people you know that was a big part of my business a few years ago writing blogs for people writing and you know of all the web pages people would get me to write most often it was their about us page because everybody really struggles with how to do it and you know and being confident in what you want to say about yourself and then of course doing my own one was was a really tricky thing (laughs) The issue was I felt like they needed to have so much information. And then out of the blue, about six months ago, it completely disappeared. Some kind of weird glitch. It was gone. I realized I had no backups of it or anything. I was like, good. I'm actually glad that happened because it did need a refresh. So, and I, so I did something I'm not, you know, thrilled with it. It needs some extra time spent on it, but I did it in a rush. So, and because I didn't even realize that when you click on my about page, there was nothing there. So, 
Now I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a great exercise. I'm going to write my origin story or rewrite it and and do a new evolved version. So yeah. do you think that that's a good one to start with as your about page? A hundred percent. And the reason it does it, because it changes the about us page from a CV or a narrative of your skills, because at the end of the day, whether you have a, a digital marketing degree or a cert for in something or, or what some of skills, no one again cares. It, your, your qualifications matter very early on in your career, but once you actually start to progress your career, no one actually cares what qualifications you have. So an About Us page, it's About Us page that focuses on I have 25 years or that kind of like CV style About Us page, which is quite common and is generally the format a lot of people tend to use doesn't necessarily connect with people. It's just like, okay, they're real, they've got some history and they've done some stuff. But if if your origin story then shares with people, this is my journey, and through describing that, you actually seed for them how how you're going to help them. And so that's the piece that connects to the business. It's not just about building, uh, saying how great you are. It's saying how great you are because I can now help you in these ways. And so actually talks through your journey and then that seeds for them how you're going to help them and how you're going to show up for them because it's how you showed up for yourself. And I think that's the connection is your About Us page is should be sharing some history and some story, but also it should be seeding to people how you're going to support them and what lights you up and how, you know, what your principles and values are in not in the traditional I value trust and honesty, Again, no one actually cares about those things. What they care about is I'm, I'm, I show up for myself and I'm always going to give you best value or I'm going to show up honestly for you, which means I'm going to give you really critical feedback. So honesty for me as a principle means I give you critical and open feedback and I hope that you accept it, <laughs> you know, because that's what honesty really is. Trusting means I've got a safe pair of hands. So if I say to people I got a, that my business provides a safe pair of hands for you to come and share your worries and talk about your business and your highs and your lows and we'll actually help navigate together, and I do that, it's translating those kind of traditional words into a way that resonates but also seeds the value that you're providing. I love that, Ginny, and you always crack me up with your um I I what how does a guy know some stuff I do some I stuff that was going to be my about us page. I know some stuff. I do some stuff. Ask me how. Because you're one of the most extraordinary humans that I know, but in business, I've been so lucky to have been coached from you for a long time now. You blow my mind constantly. And whenever I hear you say, I know some stuff, I do some stuff. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I love it when I say that to people. I had that conversation yesterday when someone said to me, how does that come? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know some stuff. And they just looked at me going, what? But that's that's the reality, isn't it? The stuff, it's the stuff. And that's actually more important than me saying, well, I've got this degree and I've had this experience. and And the way that I describe this is if I'm falling asleep writing my About Us page, so is everybody else. So... If you're not interested in your own story, don't expect anyone else to be interested in your story. That's essentially the, the you know, I was do- talking to this one of our, 
Yeah, that, but that is the crux of it. Like that's what we we forget that we're our about us page. Our, I mean, you know this. You teach this with your kind. This is what I love about you is that you teach people how to show up on their websites and build their websites for them, so it translates. But and and you and I have the same principle. The website's not about you. It's not about me. It's about how it makes other people feel and what they're going to do with that information. So it needs, it needs to be engaging, right? It needs to have some some heart and some soul. And even if you're like the you know, even if you're the driest, lack of set, lack of personality, business, whatever it is, you still need to bring that out. And that that can be part of your story is that, you know, I've seen that. Whereas I'm this person, I'm a square block, I am gray, and this is how I operate. And if this is what you like, then call me. That's okay. Because that's going to resonate with people who want that kind of bang, bang, bang mentality or that, that approach. That's okay. And we judge ourselves in writing our stories, but this allows us to show up. But I've talked enough. I want to know how you and what with your origin stories, how do you normally connect people with your origin stories? I know you, you said you, you struggle with the About Us page. Well, I think because I'm just so overly wordy. I want to put it all in there. So I want the CV and I want the vibe. <laughs> why do you want the CV though? Tell me why oh. you want the CV. I don't really want it. And I certainly don't put it in with anybody else's about page. But for me, there's something about that needing to, I don't know, maybe it's prove yourself or whatever. But you said something before that was just so perfect for me to hear today, which was it does the once you've been in business for a long time, it's actually kind of irrelevant what that qualification was, for example. Well, clearly not if you're a lawyer or something like that. But you know. In this type of businesses that we're in, that evolving part is really, really, really important. That fact that I'm constantly being coached, constantly, ex, you know, ex, what's the word? Um, <laughs> learning, you're, you're, yeah, building your knowledge. Building my knowledge. And for example, I put this um, little video together up on um, Instagram the other day, telling everybody about this new situation that Instagram has put out about hashtags. It's massive. It's so massive. And I literally saw it. I was on top of it and I was like, well, man, it go. And I wouldn't have known about it had I not been, you know, part of the you know, social media marketing society and all these other kind of things. And so I love that I can be sharing stuff as soon as it's coming out. So it's really important to me, as we've discussed before, that constant growth, that constant being on top of your game, et cetera. Yep. And one is someone watching just saying, oh, I've got this degree and this many years in the industry. And someone and someone's actually asked that on on the on Facebook saying what about credentialing, and uh, I think sorry not in, in a, saying thank you for watching you're on the Zoom call sorry I missed the call um, is what about credentialing credentialing is a really interesting it's a very old school way of actually building credibility and if you never met somebody if you're doing a a very initial conversation credentialing works really importantly. If you're doing a job interview, if you're potentially, you know, pitching to quite senior people. But I've had the privilege recently to sit down with um, actually some CEOs and some senior executives of some large companies to talk about Indigenous Indigenous engagement. Now, it helps that I'm Indigenous, so there's I have to kind of let them know that I'm that. But the conversation, they haven't asked me what my background is. They haven't asked me what my credentials are what they what they were interested in is the first conversation they had with me where I shared my values my principles and the way that I like to work and that's what resonated with them for them they don't care what my CV looks like 
what they cared about is that the information I was sharing was resonating with them, it was honest, and that when I didn't know an answer, I said, really great question, this is my view, but let me have a look at that and when we come, when we circle back, I'll actually share, you know, share what the research says about that. So I'm willing to show up and show that I don't know everything, but I'm also willing to, you know, share that when I learn it. So credentialing is a very old school kind of model of it's that kind of madman days, you know, when you in the we had to turn up and you had you had to have the right suit and the right space and go to the right school and be have the right degree. I think when we've got 12-year-old entrepreneurs and millionaires in the world, you know, and we've got, you know, sneaker salesperson who are doing, Michael and I were talking about resellers of shoes who are making a million dollars a year reselling shoes, no one cares whether that kid's gone to year 10 or not. No one cares. Whether, it doesn't actually matter. But they're getting an incredible education. They're building an incredible business. Yes, it'd be, I believe it's better if they stay in school. But when they get to 30 or 40 in their business and they now and they have a, you know, a global business around reselling shoes or whatever it is, no one's going to ask them what, what university they went to or what school they had. They're going to say, how did you learn what you did? And by sharing their origin story, sharing their experiences, that's what's going to resonate with people. Absolutely. So there's all these um, degrees now, for example, in digital man- digital media, et cetera, digital marketing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and I'm fascinated by that because by the time you've finished learning a module in six months, it's it's obsolete. The 100%. next thing's happening, et cetera. So if you walk out of there with a degree in that, be like, well, I think you're better off with a degree in business or my degree was in communications. And, yep. you know, it gave me a much broader, wide range of, of areas to go and explore. So it's yep. really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and actually, got my degree I walked out two weeks before my final exams so um I got this phenomenal job and off I went to the other side of the world and yeah so for me it's actually in all these years of being in business and working for other companies etc that not having that piece of paper at the end was never a problem and then I got offered to go back did I want to finish it off and I undenied for literally two seconds and went no that's not for me at all and it's an interesting thing, as I think it, it does depend on the industry, 100%. If you're an accountant or a lawyer, but I'm, I, I ask anyone on the call or anyone today, when you've gone to a lawyer, when you've gone to an accountant, did you ask them for their degree? Did you ask them to show, uh, did you ask them what school they went to or did you ask to see a copy of it? Because you, the assumption is if you're going to an accountant because it's a legal status, if someone tells me they're an accountant, someone tells me they're a lawyer, unless I've kind of met them in the back streets, which is not likely to happen, I'm assuming they're a lawyer and I'm assuming they have the credentials. I'm assuming they've got a, you know, they've got a license to practice. So, yeah. And someone said, yes, they have it hanging on the wall. Oh, gosh, I got someone. So, yeah. Oh, excuse me for the very loud noise outside. I can't hear it. Oh, awesome. Um, so, so, the, so I think that's the thing is, yes, some people do. I've been to accountants. I've met accountants at. You know, our, uh, the canon that we use, I met him in the foyer having a tattoo with a, a piece of paper that he scribbled some notes on, went away and came back to me two weeks later with my tax return. Like, there was, I didn't, I didn't ask to see his credentials. So I think there's particular industries where credentials are really, really important. But yeah. I, think, I, I think in the current age that we're doing in, the, in the, the digital age, when life is being delivered over Zoom, over Teams, remotely because the likelihood of us being able to see in person and run big workshops and conferences like we used to is gone away. And so it's now about relationships. It's now about sharing stories. It's now about creating environments that allow us to share your experiences. And that to me is what the origin story and the way that you would write your about us is about. It's I'm sharing my experience so you can see how I can help you. 
That's essentially the purpose of it from a really practical perspective. But what's your, I realise the time and I realise I could talk about this for hours. And, in fact, we do talk about for this in our, in our, in our coaching program. And you're at next week, Jenny, and we can talk about that about page and how you present yourself. would love to. You know that I work with, let's work on that about page and then let's turn that into snippets of that can become our Instagram bio and our about section on Facebook, yeah. etc. So that about page for your website is the most important piece of content. Definitely. Let's, why don't we do that as our topic? Because of course, that origin story is coming in behind it to give it that love. Lift. So to be continued, how's that? Sounds amazing. <laughs> so in between now and then, how can people find you, Kylie, and get in contact with you about your work? Well, they can get their Giphy on their phone and they can type in Hello Media and I'll wave at them. <laughs> That's one of my favourite little gifts. <laughs> but no, they can find me at hellomedia.team and then, of course, on the website, there's all the links to all the other places. And um, what about you, Jenny? How can people connect with you? So I'm inserting Facebook are the two places I love to hang out. So at Elephant in the Room AU on both of those places, Jenny Walk on LinkedIn, and of course my website, eitrconsulting.com. And before we finish, I just want to shout out, it's the first day of Indigenous Business Month. So if you're interested in Indigenous businesses and, in, and supporting the Indigenous business economy, um, now is the month to do it. There's a lot of really cool events on the websites, indigenousbusinessmonth.com, and uh, some great events happening. And you can you know support local industries, which is interesting and I'm excited about Kylie, the Indigenous business uh, industry or the, what they call the black economy is growing on average about six times more than um, small business in the non-Indigenous space because we're Holy. entrepreneurs by trade. We've been doing this for you know tens of thousands of years as entrepreneur and bartering and now we're actually coming into our own and creating an incredible economy around uh, culture and knowledge and sharing of that. So, Jenny, I just would like to say let us put on pause for another week our about page yeah. And let's do Indigenous Business Month next week as our topic. Ooh, let's I'd do that. love to talk about that and find out from you what that means, what can we do, how can we support, et cetera, et cetera. Let's do that. That would be amazing. Awesome. I look forward to it. Okay. So uh, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And we look forward to seeing you next Friday to talk about Indigenous Business Month. Have a great With week, everybody. See you. Bye, Kylie. Bye, Bye, guys. Kylie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, Jenny.